Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard it said to those of ancient times that you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you are liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You've heard it said that you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that anyone who looks at a woman or man with lust in his heart has already committed adultery. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of unchastity causes her to commit adultery. Whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard it said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out your vows that you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, Do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this, comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Open our ears that we may hear voices of truth that you send so clear. While the message sounds in our ear, everything false will disappear. Silently now we wait for thee. Ready, our God, thy will to see. Open our ears, illumine we, Spirit divine. Amen. So for much of this year, we are hearing from Matthew's gospel. Of all the gospels, that is 
uh, in, that, are, that is the messages in the New Testament that are telling the story of Jesus. Those are the Gospels. Matthew is perhaps the most concerned with how the disciples of Jesus, the closest followers of the Holy Teacher, how we, the disciples of Jesus, become a holy family. Matthew is concerned with how we come to reflect God's mercy and justice to those beyond our community. If you turn to the back of your bulletin, I sure hope it's there today. If you turn to the back of your bulletin, who does it say the ministers of God are in worship today? All the members of the church. Have you ever noticed that? The ministers are all of the members of the church. That is because we as a church are greatly influenced by Matthew's understanding of the church. And incidentally, of Martin Luther and John Calvin's understandings of the church. That is that we are all ministers in the kingdom of God, a priesthood of all believers. And Jesus is our single great teacher. Together, we as pastors and members, we follow Jesus, and together we act as servant leaders, ministers to our larger communities. That is a Matthew's ultimate concern in his telling of the gospel. And our communities, they need leadership. Our world needs leadership. Jesus came in the world to be a leader, the leader that the world needed. And though he did it so radically different than the world had ever seen a leader act on earth, most of the world totally missed the fact that God had come among them to show them how to live, to lay out the mission and cast the vision and equip and empower leaders to carry out that mission. God's plan from the very beginning, from Genesis on, included Jesus gathering followers and teaching us how to carry out God's mission. This has always been a part of the plan, and it's a plan that's still unfolding. It's a plan that we are each as individuals in a community part of. We, the part that we play as followers of Jesus is to serve a world that is in desperate need of guidance, of inspiration, of identity, of hope and purpose. As we make our way through Matthew this year, you may feel in yourself God's spirit shaping you or, or pushing you or pulling you. And that is because you have a part to play in God's mission in the world. You are needed as a leader. What we heard from Jesus today, it's more of his famous Sermon on the Mount. Last week I said that this is, uh, the sermon to Jesus' closest followers is his Faith and Discipleship 101 class. He's connecting his Jewish disciples to the very core principles and teachings of our shared tradition. And he says, I'm not changing a single letter of the law. He says, I'm not changing a, a bit of the tradition. But what he is doing is teaching the law and the tradition in such a way that it speaks directly to his modern audience and world. 
And it actually expands to include, this teaching expands to include a world outside of the religious tradition. So it's not just to those who are already following the law. His message was created in ethic for those who are outside of that tradition. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. His first disciples were Jewish. But the mission that he called his disciples to be on was to expand the community, to expand their holy family and the ministry of God to those of other traditions. So Jesus taught them how to apply their faith in ways that would help the real world around them, regardless of ethnicity or prior religion. God is concerned with the whole world not just with Jews and Christians. God loves and wants to have a relationship with all of the people of the world. So Jesus' teaching on the mountain is casting that vision. Following Jesus, it's not just for the benefits of those who belong, it's for the sake of the world, especially those who have been long cast aside. So we talked about with the Beatitudes. It's especially for those who are hungering and thirsting for justice, for those who are working as peacemakers, regardless of their identities, and especially for those who are suffering because of their identities, as followers of Jesus' way. The world is in great need today for the followers of Jesus to recommit to Jesus' actual teachings, regardless of politics, regardless of what church authorities mandate. Jesus told his disciples that they may have heard in ancient days that our faith and tradition needs to look this way or that, but the needs of his current day teaches the, the true, the, teaches that our faith, uh, teaches the true meaning he, he, he recasts the, the, the older law in a way that speaks to the current needs of his community that day. What worked in the ancient days, Jesus says, is ancient. But Jesus says, what I tell you for today is necessary for today's needs. If we apply Jesus' way of teaching for our own community of disciples, we don't need to change a single word of the Bible, we simply look at today's needs and ask, what does God's word require of us today? When Jesus does that in his own day of his first disciples, he he actually raises the bar for his followers. The standards of his teachings are higher than the world's standards. Now, when we read, when we read Jesus' message here, uh, because of the, the needs of that particular day, which were so far away from 2,000 years ago from our current needs, it's, it can sound harsh or, or, or overly judgmental, but it's speaking to some needs in his community that we can't fully comprehend. And so I want to say just a word about uh, divorce, which is the one that stands out the most to us. It's hard for us to truly understand the nuance of a family relationship in first century Israel. But, and and there's a lot of debate amongst scholars about exactly how that looked. Sometimes we can be overly critical and judgmental of uh, maybe overly, uh, make it sound like Jews were harsher than they actually were. And so Jewish scholars uh, help us understand not to to cast 
all of Judaism as maybe an uncaring tradition, which it certainly was not. Uh, but this was a culture of a very long, long time ago. Women in, the, in that, uh, who were married uh, were the property, we, we think, the property of their spouse. And so to be divorced for, even though the law required it, would leave a woman very vulnerable and at the mercy of a community that may or may not receive her well. I'm sure mostly the communities took care of the most vulnerable, but not always. And so what Jesus is actually saying to us sounds like, uh, it sounds a little harsh to our ears, but in his own day, he's essentially saying, uh, don't create a system that makes the vulnerable more vulnerable. And so this is what I mean by he's taking the law and he's, he's recasting it to say it may, be person, it may be permissible, it may be allowed here, but when we see how it's playing out, it's not just. There are things, there are laws that are allowed today, right? When we see how they play out, they're not just. They have to be reinterpreted. That's why we have courts and attorneys and a whole form of government to help us understand how to apply these laws to each individual context. So that is just my quick aside uh, to, to take a, a teaching that sounds often to my ears to be uh, a little uh, ov overly harsh, um, but to try and say uh, what Jesus is really doing is, is reapplying and raising the bar, raising the standards for his own followers of his own day. So today's disciples of Jesus, he would also have us live, I believe, by a higher standard, the standard that is set by Jesus' teachings. Jesus doesn't call us to be arrogant or rude or self-righteous about this, but he does call us to righteousness and holiness. Righteousness meaning seekers of justice. Holy meaning set apart because of our commitment to that quest for justice. It might feel awkward and judgmental, but it need not. Because the, the way that Jesus teaches us to live in the world enhances life and the feeling of love and the sense of belonging for every person that we meet. If someone claiming to come in Jesus' name is making us or someone we know feel hated or excluded or despised, then, then we have a very clear rule for that. There's a very clear way to assess that. It is not of God. Jesus calls those false teachings. He warns us about that false gospel. True disciples of Jesus are known by crowds of suffering people, people who congregate around him and among him, and they are in need of the love and the belonging and the healing that he is providing. The world around us today is in need of love and of belonging and of healing. The world around us today is in need of holy and righteous followers of Jesus taking on the mantle of leadership for their sake and for our own sake. Look at the leaders that the world has provided. Media, politics, capitalism. These are the voices that the world flocks to for guidance and for meaning 
and for love. But can politicians provide love and belonging? They certainly want us to believe that they can. And a lot of us do believe that they can. Should we be trusting our children to follow the leadership of celebrities and social media influencers and athletes? Should we be trusting 24-hour news and social media posts to be our main source of information and passion and engagement and community? In a world where the followers of Jesus hold back, these are the voices that fill in the gaps. Jesus called us to set a higher standard. And don't our communities deserve a higher standard? Don't our children deserve greater influences than those they find on their phones? Don't our, our children need the influencers of followers of Jesus who, who are showing them how to seek justice, who show love, who offer true and lasting belonging to communities of love? Doesn't our community deserve to have love like the love that Jesus showed to everyone that he met? And aren't we the ones who are called to do that? To provide that leadership, to be that community? To teach better, more life-giving ways, more healthy belonging, more lasting relationships? Jesus tells the disciples that the world needs people whose yes actually means yes. People of honesty and integrity. That is what is required of us. That is what the world is most in need of. So we should not be ashamed of the higher way to which Jesus calls us. For the world is in need of higher love and higher standards and better models for life. Jesus teaches us and equips us, the disciples, for this mission. The world may be comfortable with throwaway relationships, but we are to show that every life has value. Every person deserves love and companionship. The world may be comfortable with bullying and name-calling, but we are to remind the world of, of decency, that bullying and name-calling is actually wounding, sometimes mortally wounding. We are to show the world the power of reconciliation, of compassion, of forgiveness. We are to be the agents of healing the divides, of reuniting. These are the higher ways. These are the teachings of Jesus. These are the teachings of the ancient law and the prophets of old. God's mission was and still is a world united in its understanding of being loved unconditionally by our Creator, of always having a community to find expressions of that love, of having a strong sense and purpose in this world to care for the world itself and all of life that here does dwell to know that without a doubt we are each forgiven, loved, called to a way of life where all can flourish. This isn't just pie in the sky. This is the reality 
for which we were each created. This is the mission for which you were made. As Paul tells the church in Corinth, God reminds the church in Harrisburg today, we are God's servants working together. You are God's field. You are the very body of Christ. Amen.